Hello and welcome to the Green Industry Podcast, your guide for growing lawn care and landscape startups into a thriving business. This show is dedicated to helping you improve your business and achieve financial success. Your host, Paul Jamison, is the best-selling author of Cut That Grass and Make That Cash and The Lawn Care Advantage, winning strategies for a thriving landscaping business. Join us as Paul shares his expertise and passion, helping you create a prosperous future. Now, here's your host, Paul Jamison. Welcome to today's episode of the Green Industry Podcast, where I'm going to share how I set aside money for taxes. And we're going to talk all about tax obligations, quarterly estimated tax payments, and how we plan for all of this and uh, common mistakes that are made that we should avoid. That's what we're going to talk about on today's program. If this is your first time ever listening to the Green Street Podcast, no, we are not an accounting, bookkeeping, tax planning show whatsoever. I don't think I could do that. But uh, I do help lawn care and landscaping startups turn into thriving businesses. And part of being a thriving business is to make sure we have financial peace in our business, um, that we have the money set aside to pay our taxes on time. So uh, we'll talk about deductions, credits, all that fun stuff as well. But uh, before we get into all of that, quick disclaimer, this episode provides general information and is not intended as legal or financial advice. Please consult a professional for specific guidance related to your situation. And I must say, I do have several professionals that help me with my situation. And although we have some commonalities, uh, we did the, the, the fact of the matter is we have people listening to this episode in Australia, which is different than our friends listening all throughout the European countries. And then even here in North America, we have folks listening in Canada that have much different um, obligations than we do here in the U.S. of A. And even within the U.S. of A., uh, Florida is different than California, than different than Texas, than different from New York. So uh, I say all that to say, get a tax professional that can make sure you understand your tax obligations, because depending on where we live and the structure of our business, there are differences. But the similarity uh, and the takeaway from today's episode is that we all have to do if we're a business owner is set aside money for taxes. So I'm going to share how I do that. My first crazy rude awakening as a small business owner with taxes was my first year. My business, uh, and I wrote about this in my first book, Cut That Grass and Make That Cash, and I'm writing about it in my new book, to be titled, but it's uh, a chapter in there about my humble beginnings. I was a just uh, survival mode, fresh lawn care business, just trying to figure this thing out. And my first year, I had basically kept all my uh, receipts in a little brown envelope, vanilla envelope. And at the end of the year, true story, I took the the, the receipts to a bookkeeper, not a bookkeeper, a, a CPA. Uh, I think her name was Lois. And uh Anyway, I didn't get to talk to her. I had talked to one of her assistants and long story short, I gave all my information and I had other income that year. And so my friends were getting tax returns. And nowadays my friends are entrepreneurs, but back then my friends were, I don't want to say losers, but they, they, they didn't have that entrepreneurial spirit and they were 
probably not the best influence on me. We'll, we'll just leave it at that. But anyway, they were bragging about, hey, I'm getting a thousand bucks back or I'm getting a, a $2,000 tax return or whatever, or even more. And I'm thinking, oh man, I, I mean, I, when I say I was broke, I was broke and I was anticipating, you know, what am I going to do with my tax return? So anyway, the uh, accounting firm, I, I go to pick up my documents and they run through the the 1040 or whatever. I didn't know any of this stuff back then. And they're like, uh, you only owe $5,000. And I said, oh, I, I said, I thought I'd be getting a return. And they said, no, you 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 owe 5000 And they said, do you want to pay for that by check? Or, you know, they were giving me terms and I'm sitting there thinking, I don't know how to tell this lady. I don't have $5,000 in my bank account. So eventually I told her, I said, I said, ma'am, I said, I don't have $5,000 uh, to, to, to pay this, this bill. And I was, this was 2011. So, so or it might've been 2012 at this point, but at that time, $5,000 might as well have been $5 million. I mean, I was just like, I owe them $5,000. So I got uh, like Mike Tyson says, you, you, you don't gotta, um, you get punched in the face. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. So this was my first time in business really getting punched in the face. And I quickly learned about uh, interest and penalties of the uh, IRS. They have interest <laughs> and penalties and $5,000 can quickly turn into 5,500 to 6,000 and, and so on um, with the penalties and the interest. So Real quick, right out of the gate, hello, small business owner. I, I realized that uh, I had taxes due on April 15th, June 15th, September 15th, January 15th. And although I learned that lesson right away, right out of the gate, it took me a while to get into a rhythm and get into a routine of setting aside money for taxes. So when the bill came due on April 15th for my quarter one estimated tax payments, I actually had the money. And then Boom, boom, just like that. June 15th comes along. How do I actually have the money to pay the bill? I, I understand I owe the bill. How do I have the money to pay the bill? So that's what we're going to talk about um, in today's show. Now, again, I want to highly encourage everybody the importance of getting professional guidance. Um, I'll get to that in a moment of who I use, but there are different types of taxes. There's income tax. Uh, if you live in some states, there's no state income tax, but you always have the federal tax. There's self-employment tax, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't have the uh, understanding of different states. I know the state of Georgia and the United States of America, and my obligations. But again, I don't know your obligation. So I just want to make sure that we are clear that you want to understand wherever you live and however you have your lawn care business or landscaping business structured, step one is to understand, okay, what are my tax obligations? Now, I would say the majority of people who are listening to this show, uh, especially in the United States here, you will likely, and again, this isn't everybody, but I'm just trying to, to be as um, broad as I can, that you likely will have to pay quarterly estimated tax payments. So how that's structured uh, is on April 15th, June 15th. And if, if the, the weekend falls, so let's say June 15th is on a Saturday, then it would be due on like Monday, June 17th, because a lot of times these things fall on a weekend. So it's usually April 15th, June 15th, September 15th, January 15th. But again, this year, I think it's actually June 17th and September 16th, because the actual payday, pay due date uh, ends on, or lands on a weekend. So they just punt it to the, the, the Monday or whatnot. But 
Anyway, here's the point. How do we set aside money for taxes? And so when I started, my uh, recommendation was 15%. This was for me personally, and it's not this anymore. I, I, I set aside more than 15% now because I make more money. But but what my uh, professional tax, you know, prepare, looked at all my books that were clean and orderly, and I'll get to that in a second. But they basically said, if you set aside 15% of the revenue that comes in into a savings account, don't touch it, then when April 15th comes to make your estimated tax payment, just basically clear out that account and make the payment. Then save 15% of all revenue, and then June 17th, make the payment, and then so on and so forth. And that works. However, the amount fluctuates because now I earn more money than I did back then, and my amount is is larger than 15% of revenue. And the reason I know all of this is I keep my books squeaky clean, record-keeping, documentation, squeaky clean. What I mean by that is all revenue that comes into my business. I don't really accept cash, but if anyone paid me in cash, check, Zelle, PayPal, Venmo, uh, Jobber, whatever they pay for your business, it all gets, the record keeping is clean. It all goes into a business checking account, every penny. I was uh, talking to someone who's in a different home service-based industry and they don't use Jobber. I, I basically send out every invoice through Jobber. Anytime you get an invoice from me, it's Jobber. I even joke. I send a, I send Jobber an invoice through Jobber. I said that. I, I, it's not a joke. It's the truth. But I said that at the Equip Expo. Their CEO was standing there and everyone was laughing. I was like, I invoice Jobber with Jobber. But anyway, uh, all that all that income that comes into your business should be accounted for. I was uh, talking to someone who's in other home service-based business and they were talking about how they collect cash and Venmo and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, dude. I was like, you really should have a CRM and have all that money recorded and like clear. A, so you know how much you owe in taxes, have integrity, and B, you'll know how your business is really performing. So I can't stress the importance enough of accurate and consistent record keeping for expense tracking and tax purposes. So I utilize accounting software. I've, I've used QuickBooks since day one. I, I just started in 2011, I just started using QuickBooks and I never, I don't know. It's just pretty simple. So I have that connected to my bank accounts, which is connected to Jobber that they all connect. And I don't really do anything anymore with any of that. Um, I have the landscaping bookkeeper um, and they put all my transactions in the proper categories that we have set. And so I can look at the PL. I can pull the PL whenever I want and look at how it's doing. And I do have other people looking at my PL and my balance sheet, and my statement of cash flows, like my my um, tax preparer, as well as some of the my business coaches are looking at my numbers and and all of that. But because my record keeping is squeaky clean, meaning I don't have any income that's not being recorded, and I don't have any expenses that's not being recorded, it's all there, and I know the truth about what income's coming in, what expenses going out. I can track all that, and so for tax purposes. It makes it super simple for my tax preparer to look at it and say, Paul, if you set aside, and again, we started at 15% of revenue for taxes, when each tax bill's due, you should have enough. Now, we don't want to oversave, 
but we definitely don't want to undersave. Well, what was happening was I started earning more money and, and my tax, my, my tax obligations changed. So then they were like, okay, we're going to have to, to now save a higher amount. So for example, let's say you just started your lawn care business. You're just brand new and you, your tax preparer tells you set aside 15% of your revenue into your tax savings account. Well, you go and you get a hundred dollar job and you have jobber, the customer pays you there. Boom, your hundred bucks is in your account or your $98 after the processing fee or whatever, 97 bucks. It's in there. What I would do, and I do this every morning, I go, I open up my bank account and I see how much income came in from the day before. Maybe nothing, maybe a hundred bucks, maybe a thousand bucks. And then I literally type in my calculator on my phone, how much money came in and I do multiplied by 20%. I do this every morning. Or in your case, if you're just starting out, maybe multiplied by 15% or whatever your tax obligation is and your tax preparer suggests for you. We'll use 15% for this example. So you get $100 come in, multiply by 15%. That's going to be $15. So then I transfer every morning that $15 into my tax savings account. Or if $1,000 came in and in your world, it makes sense to do 15%. Boom. Now $150 goes into that tax savings account. So every day I check, did I have income come in yesterday? And if I did, I transfer it into my tax savings account every morning. That way I'm never behind on taxes. The only way I would be behind is if my tax preparer gives me, you know, tells me the wrong percentage, but that's not, we, we monitor it monthly. We, we, we're on top of it. So I'm, I'm safe. And guess what happens on April 15th? I actually do this before April 15th, <clears throat> just so it's in there on time. But I go to the EFTPS. I, I log into my account, which you can pay your taxes on uh, if you're in the United States on the IRS's actual website. But I use a, like a, another website called the EFTPS, which I believe through the government and everything like that. And then boom, guess what? I have the money. I know how much I'm expected to pay for my previous year's tax bill. I think it's like 10% more than that. Anyway, my, my, my book, my tax preparer shows me on April 15th, pay this amount and you're safe. You're good. So guess what happens then before April 15th, I go to the EFTPS. I do my estimated quarterly tax payment and I, I type in my account number and my routing number. And guess what I have? I have the money to make my tax bill because every morning I was setting aside a percentage, whether it's 15% or 20% or whatever your obligation and your professional tells you to set aside. I'm proactively every day setting that money aside. So when the bills do, I got the money and I just simply make the payment. Then June 15th comes along. And again, I don't wait till June 15th. I do it like a week before EFTPS, log in, ask quarterly estimated tax payment. Boom. Got the money. Pay it. September 15th, January 15th, and so on and so forth. And there's no surprises. There's no uh, heart sinking moment at the, at the, that I had in, in that first year when I, when the lady told me I owed $5,000 and I didn't, I was so embarrassed because eventually I had to tell her lady, I'm not giving you $5,000 check. Cause I don't have the money. I had to give them a check to pay for my tax bill, which I think was a few hundred bucks. And I did have that. Thankfully I was able to pay them for their services, but I'll never forget that, that my heart sinking in my chest 
and, and the stress that I had when I had a tax bill, I didn't have the money to save for it. I didn't have the money saved for it. Synced Live 2024 in Atlanta, Georgia is the premier event in the green industry that showcases unique products and solutions for your business. From top industry leaders sharing their knowledge through engaging presentations to networking opportunities with top industry brands and fellow attendees all on the showroom floor. Get your tickets at SyncLive.com and join us this February in Atlanta where landscape design, build and maintenance come together under one roof. Are you looking to supercharge your lawn care business? Check out Footbridge Media. They'll optimize your online presence, manage your reviews, and provide personalized marketing consulting, all under a fixed price pledge with no hidden charges and a 90-day money-back guarantee. It's time to take your business to the next level. Visit GreenIndustryPodcast.com now to discover more about Footbridge Media, your bridge to success. If you want to earn more money in your business, it may be as simple as raising your prices. Braden, use our price increase letter and what happened? Well, we've actually been in business for 32 years now. My dad started it and then he handed the reins over to me. And in 32 years, he never increased the prices ever. And I knew that we had to make a change. So we actually got your price increase letter, increased the price by 20%. And um, we were doing around a million gross, up that to 1.2. And we had eight cancellations through the entire thing. So we raised our prices through that letter about 200 Say that. Say that one more time. Two hundred thousand dollars that was sitting on the table that we weren't getting access to just through a letter. So it it helped us out big time. So do you think the price increase letter uh, provided ROI for you? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, beyond is probably the best investment we've made in thirty-two years. (laughs) That is awesome. You can get the price increase letter at thegreenindustrypodcast.com. It's a plug-and-play template. You just put in your information, insert date here, insert name here, and in the most straightforward concise way it explains to your customer why you're raising their price it made him 200 grand each year and then you're going to raise the price again next year exactly in recap understand your tax obligations if in your country in your situation you owe estimated quarterly tax payments make sure you know the dates those are due if you're in the u.s it's it's going to be around april 15th june 15th september 15th january 15th And most importantly, this is the takeaway of the episode, set aside money for taxes, set aside money for taxes. I don't have any tattoos, but if I had a tattoo, set aside money for taxes as a small business owner, this is what takes people out. They get behind. And once you get behind, I don't want to say it's impossible to get caught up, but those penalties and those interest are, it it can be very, very, very difficult once you get behind because the, the, the penalties and the interest are just so much. Now you're, oh, it's tough. So do good record keeping documentation. Again, I just, I have all my income go into a business account and then I transfer, I, I double transfer. What I mean by that, every morning I transfer a percentage. If I had income come in into my savings account, that's at the same bank account, pardon me, same bank It's a little local bank here. Easy for me to drive to, talk to the ladies. They all know me by name when I go in there. Not all of them, but the main main tellers know me. But then I do one step further. Usually once a month, I'll take that amount in my savings account, savings tax account, and I'll transfer it to another bank. So I definitely don't touch it. It's it's an online bank, hashtag not sponsored, um, but it's, it's it's got the highest savings uh, what's it called? Savings interest rate. 
high yield savings interest rate, something like that. But it's the highest one I could find, much higher than where I keep my money. So then just so it's so I'm actually gaining interest while I'm while the money's just sitting in that account until April 15th or June 15th or September 15th or January 15th. And I have a lot of money saved for taxes because thank God I make, you know, I, I make a, I make a good, good amount. That interest is, you know, nice, nice little uh, bonus, if you will, not bonus, but it's, it's smarter to have it in a high yield savings account, but I don't touch it. The only time money ever exits that savings account is when it goes to the EFTPS to make sure I make the quarterly tax payment on time. So my next point and we'll land the plane here quickly is consult with a tax professional. If you own a lawn care, you own a landscaping business, every single human being hearing the sound of my voice, please get a, uh, seek a professional tax person's advice. I, I have a couple of them on my team, Megan and Joey from the landscaping bookkeeper. And then, um, uh, Sheila from the, um, uh, I forget the name of her business, but her name's Sheila Chaplin. I, could care less what her business is called. She's awesome. But they look at my numbers and they make sure that I am setting aside money for taxes. There's, there's no, it's like, if you're trying to, if you're trying to get into shape, there's no, there's no shortcuts. You got to clean up your, your nutrition. You got to exercise, right? When it comes saving money for taxes or when it comes to taxes, we have to set money aside. That's the, that's the whole rhythm, routine, discipline, Find out what works for you. For me, I don't do millions of dollars in revenue. Hopefully one day I get there, but I do hundreds of thousands in revenue. And I'm thankful for that. But I can still wake up every morning, open up my my business checking account where the income goes into. So if I, I send an invoice on Jobber and it gets paid, the money goes into the account. I literally make this a part of my morning routine. I'm sipping on my coffee and I'm checking, did any money come into the business yesterday? Some days a lot of money comes in, some days no money comes in. But if it does come in, I take the percentage that I've been advised on, I transfer it into that savings account. Every morning, I set aside money for taxes daily. Now, I know other people, they don't do it daily and they have their money saved for their taxes, so that's fine. There's no right or wrong way to set money aside for taxes as long as you're setting aside the proper amount. And again, you don't want to over-save and you don't want to undersave. You, you want to be in the ballpark. And, and my, my tax preparer, Sheila, can look at my set of books and look at my previous years and look at everything and get it dialed in. Like I said, it used to be 15% of revenue and now it's more, which is fine. I'm making more money, but I'm planning for those tax de- deadlines and I'm saving. So other things to consider is the legal structure, sole proprietorship, LLC. There's so many different tax implications and I am not at liberty to offer any advice on that whatsoever. In your state, talk to a professional. They can explain to you the pros and the cons of a sole proprietorship, the LLC, uh, and and the different structures. Uh, But once you do have those established, depending on which one you have, there are deductions, there are credits that you want to uh, if you're eligible for, you want to maximize. And so again, why you want a uh, tax professional, they're going to know what's the smartest move for you. But the biggest common mistake to avoid, the most common mistake to avoid is people, there's two, twofold. 
that, that I've, this is my opinion. And I've seen a lot of lawn businesses. I've done a lot of coaching calls. The number one mistake people make is they're not organized. So they don't have like this guy I was talking to is in another industry. He was bragging to me how he collects cash and Venmo and, 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 and all this stuff. Cause I asked him how much money he made, like what his revenue was and all this stuff. And, and, and he was struggling to tell me because he's like, well, I get paid a lot of cash. So I really made more than that. I was like, well, what do you mean? Oh, I, was, I was, I was living with this guy. And, and I hope that he, uh, I hope he took my advice. Cause like, dude, please, first of all, stop collecting cash and Venmo, get like a CRM dude and send them a invoice. I mean, you know, it's easier when you just have one way for people to pay you. I'm not saying you have to use Jobber and say, that's what I use. If I make an invoice, I don't have, uh, I used to do this back when I started, I'd have ladies pay me in Zelle. One lady, uh, would pay me with a check in her grill in a Ziploc bag. And there was a cover on the grill. Randy'd leave me a check on the front door. Other people paid me with PayPal. I mean, I was, no, no, no. That, that, that's like rookie stuff where you have people paying you with different, just because there are, you know, 10 or so different ways people pay 10 or so main ways. It's easier to just have your policy. We're going to send you an invoice through Jobber. We can put your card on file to make it convenient for you, or you can just pay online. Simple. Now I would, I would make an asterisk to that. Not to get on a uh, side tangent here, but if you are doing a gigantic job, like a $20,000 job or $50,000 job, or, you know, you're getting a check that's more than $10,000, you may want to have them pay you with a check because there's no, there's not going to be credit card processing fees. But my philosophy is anything under $10,000, just, just have them pay you a jobber or your CRM. But anyway, the most common two mistakes are people don't have that organized. So you want to get your, all your money flowing into your business account. And then from there, all your expenses coming out of your business account. And that includes transferring money frequently into your tax savings account. Again, don't really get a tattoo, but if you were to get one, set aside money for taxes, set aside money for taxes, set aside money for taxes. And then that is, that is the big, the second mistake that people make the most is they don't set aside the proper amount for taxes. You can't just willy-nilly, oh, here comes April 15th. I wonder what my tax bill is and just hope and pray that you got that amount saved in your, uh, or just so happen to have that amount in your business. No, you need to know ahead of time based off of what I did last year and how things are projecting and trajectory. Here's what I'm going to owe Q1 April 15th. Here's what I'm going to owe June 15th. Here's what I'm going to owe September 15th, January 15th. No surprises. I know, I know that amount that I have to pay and I will have it set aside by that date because every morning, if I had income come in, I'm staying ahead. There's always margin. I'm always ahead. I oversave a little bit, but that just gives me peace of mind. Now I'm fine when I go on April 15th and I, I know what I, my bill is. What, I, what my estimated tax payment should be. And guess what? I have more than that in my, my tax savings account. That's okay. It's not too much more, but it's more. There's margin. There's peace. I love it. I know what it was like standing in that office, stressed out to have to tell this sweet old lady that I didn't have the $5,000 to make the bill. And then her explaining to me interest and penalties. And, you know, she was all stressed out. I was like, lady, you're more stressed than me, but, but it, it, it woke me up. Now I keep my record keeping clean, my documentation clean. 
And most importantly, I have money set aside for my taxes. And thank God for Megan and Joey Coberly, the landscaping bookkeeper, Sheila Chaplin. Uh, their information's in the show notes if you need professionals to hire. Uh, maybe you want to hire someone locally so you can go sit in their office and, and have them, you know, explain this to you in person. Wh- whoever you hire, just make sure they're a professional and that they that they can help you related to your situation. Again, this episode is general information. It's not intended for legal or financial advice, but my hope is that you will go consult a professional for your specific situation. And no matter what country you are, what your tax obligations are, make sure you're setting aside enough money for taxes. So when those bills come due, it's just it's just as simple as going to the website, making the payment, going on with your day, and and having margin in your finances, peace in your life. And we'll we'll talk about this on another episode uh, of making sure you're charging enough in your pricing and that your business is as efficient as possible, so that you do have the, you know, the money available so you can set it aside for taxes as well as pay yourself as the owner, um, as well as run your business. But in a nutshell, that's how I pay and set aside my taxes. I hope that has helped you. And uh, if you guys need any further help, uh, see today's show notes. And also uh, I have a program called uh, Know Your Numbers at greenindustrypodcast.com. I actually just added three brand new modules last night to the program. I'm continuously updating it where we talked about setting aside money for taxes with Megan and Joey um, in the Know Your Numbers course. And uh, if you guys need more of a crash course on understanding the financial components to a lawn care business, check out that training program I have called Know Your Numbers um, at greenindustrypodcast.com. Well, thanks for listening to today's program and hope to catch you on the next episode. Hey, it's Paul. Is it time to elevate your lawn care business with Jobber? As a field service management software, Jobber has been a game changer for me since 2019, streamlining everything from quotes to payments and making customer communication a breeze. Tap the link in our show notes and see why over 200,000 home service pros trust Jobber to grow their business. Click the link in today's show notes or visit getjobber.com forward slash Paul to learn more. Hey, it's Marty, producer of the Green Industry Podcast. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services that you heard about during the episode. And thanks for listening.